0: The following podcast is brought to you by The Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. My name is Jisei. I'm a senior student at The Village Zendo, and I'm talking from South Burlington, Vermont. So yesterday, as we... I've all heard multiple times the solstice was celebrated all over the world and in many different cultures. So today is the first formal day of winter and the hours of sunlight are lengthening each day now and the promise of spring in the months to come. So this period at the end of a year and beginning of a new year is one of transition and transformation. May we bow down to the mysterious, mystical, unknowable, seasonal energies of dissolution and formation, darkness and light, all that is hidden and unseen. Sunset, where I am, was at 416 today, a little over an hour ago, and it's dark now and very cold. How about where you are? In less than a week, on December 26, some of us will arrive at the Garrison Institute in Garrison, New York, for a year-end retreat. And for me, it's been a long time, pre-COVID, since my last in-person session. And I'm very excited and I'm also a bit anxious, which is usual for me uh, before session. So there will be those of us uh, practicing uh, in garrison and at a distance, um, intensifying practice wherever we find ourselves. I've been thinking a lot about session, preparing, and setting an intention for the new year. So I thought I'd mention the annual ceremony um, at Garrison where we um, listen to the doan sound, 108 strikes, of the huge, big, beautiful bell that Mizumi Roshi's family gave Roshi Enkyo after her teacher, Mizumi Roshi, died. And this ceremony has always been powerful, magical, and a mystical experience for me. The sound of the bell is rich and full It fills the cathedral-like space in which we sit in the dark. The sound vibrates and fills our bodies, listening together. The bell sounds and fades over and over 108 times, which is a special number I can't explain it to you. I know it's the number of beads on a mala and that it has astrological significance. Maybe somebody else can explain it. But for me, our Zen ancestors feel palpably present. Everyone, everywhere, throughout space and time. At the end, there's a ching ching. We get up from our seats, we form a line and chant, snake through the aisles until one by one, when it's our turn, each of us arrives at the big bell and we lower ourselves to our knees and make a small seated bow in front of the huge, beautiful bell one at a time We strike the bell and silently make up a vow, release her intention and aspiration into the universe. That's what it feels like for me. I imagine that the stars in the dark night sky radiate with our faith and intentions, that our vows come to life as we each hold each other listen, and bear witness. It's very moving and I see that in each other's eyes and hear it in our voices chanting, everyone feeling full. There will also be a 108 bells ceremony online for those practicing at a distance. Zazen will begin at 7 and the ceremony is at 825 so all of us at Garrison and online are able to practice together contemplate our lives ourselves and renew our vows going forward into the new year so in the upcoming days of intensive practice we can allow our aspiration intention to clarify and come forward Session is a wonderful opportunity. Once on a past retreat, someone offered the metaphor that session, sitting in silence for an extended period functions like being tuned with a tuning fork. One has the opportunity to look within, pay attention to thoughts and emotions, cultivate awareness, see what old habits serve and what habits don't. What changes, we can ask ourselves, do I want to make in my life? Session allows us to see ourselves and our lives more clearly, see what we hope for ourselves and how we wanna function more skillfully in our lives and how, as Roshi always says to us, how we can serve. So Sashen is a wonderful opportunity to recalibrate, tune up. It's hard to put words to, but for me, it's priceless. So this evening, I'm going to talk about case 86 in the Blue Cliff Record Yun Men's Kitchen, Pantry, and Main Gate. And I I feel uh, when I read this that it particularly speaks to practice to Zazen, and it felt appropriate with us session um, before us in a few days. This the case struck me on first reading as profound and also simple at the same time. I've found it very difficult to write about, so we'll see where this goes. So, Yunmin's kitchen, kitchen, pantry, and main gate. The pointer, this gives us a hint. He holds the world fast without the slightest leak. He cuts off the myriad flows without keeping a drop. Open your mouth and you're wrong. Hesitate and thought in thought and you miss. But tell me, what is the barrier penetrating I? To test, I cite this to see in the case. Young men imparted some words saying, everyone has a light. When you look at it, you don't see it. And it's dark and dim. What is everybody's light? He, he himself answered on their behalf, the kitchen, pantry, and the main gate. He also said, a good thing isn't as good as nothing. So in my first attempt to write this talk, I focused on light. What is everybody's light? What is meant by light? What I was writing didn't feel on course. No talk coming just slogging through a deep, dark bog. (sighs) Or is that my talk? The Lotus mired in the bog. So I woke up a few days ago in the dark early hours of the morning. And the thought came, I'm asking the wrong question. And I'm asking as if there's an answer. What about not knowing? Yunmin's question, what is everybody's light? When you look at it, you don't see it, and it's dark and dim. When you look at it, you don't see it, and it's dark and dim. Yunmin answered on our behalf, the kitchen, pantry, and the main gate. And I think we can add monastics hall, Buddha hall, the garden labyrinth, work shed, wherever we find ourselves. So the kitchen pantry. My first thought was of Dogen's text, Instructions for the Cook. I thought of Ryoshin's moving talk a month ago in which he spoke of a dark time he had gone through and Ryotan Roshi's suggestion to read Dogen's seminal text. It led me to rereading this text and commentary in the book, How to Cook Your Life by Kosho Uchiyama Roshi. I found, um, Uchiyama's commentary brilliant and inspiring. I too, like Ryocian, had gone through a dark period in the past year. And I remember one particular afternoon, bone tired, feeling low, lying down in bed. I just wanted to fall asleep and disappear. I was also uh, grateful to have a number of years of practice tools in my belt to help guide me in a difficult moment. My understanding at the time was that a nap, self-care was good, but then getting up after a while and going back to my chores, what needed doing was appropriate. Maybe a bit of cleaning, make dinner. At the time, I strongly felt my desire to bypass my feelings. So lying in bed that day, I remember thinking a lot about practice, staying with my experience, going through. Through is the operative word, stable and in touch with what was coming up, being real, taking the next step and the next step. Just do my best, whatever, wherever. And after an hour with a sigh, I got out of bed and went into the kitchen. In time, I discerned the agency that I had at this time in my life about what I could control and couldn't control and resolved to do my best. In instructions to the cook, Dogen powerfully communicates that our practice of zazen, of what our practice of zazen looks like, feels like, through the the work of the cook or Tenzo. Organizing, preparing, cooking, cleaning up, guiding assistance, being all in with the work. Dogen communicates the attitude of big mind to bring to all activities. Respect, generosity, way seeking, determination, full attention, conscientiousness. These are some of the words that he uses. The cook needs to tend to all things all activities herself, not leave work for others to do. Dogen communicates this big mind of caring and taking responsibility through his descriptions of ordinary, everyday activities. Carefully, with full attention, washing the rice, preparing the greens, handling all food with respect. So going back to case 86, what is everybody's life? Yunman, he himself answered on their behalf. The kitchen pantry and the main gate. He also said, a good thing is not as good as nothing good thing is not as good as nothing. I think Yinmen is referring here to the faith mind poem by Sen San. It begins, the great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. When love and hate are both absent, everything becomes clear and undisguised. Make the smallest distinction, however, and earth and heaven and earth are set infinitely apart. So just avoid picking and choosing. Avoid this, avoid, I like this and I don't like that. Our suffering is intensified by our likes and dislikes. I can confirm this by my own experience of liking, not liking, judging. When I get stuck in my likes and dislikes, my discriminating mind adds fuel to an already burning house. I think there's another aspect to this, too. A good thing is not as good as nothing. And that is not adding layers of meaning and interpretation to what is in my life. I have a habit of being in a process of processing, of trying to interpret, add meaning, analyze on a deep, dark level. It can be intoxicating and it can make me feel important. I think at some point it takes me away from the reality of not knowing, of realizing that we can have insights but we'll never know what's really cooking in ourselves or another or circumstances. It's a gift to be simple to meet what shows up with attention, curiosity, effort, do our best. This is what I think of as compassionate, real love, doing what is caring and respectful as best we can. And that is not always a tasty dish. When I can accept my life as it is with its 99 curves, not judging, this is good or this is bad, I can appreciate my life as it is. So Dogen makes this point in instructions um, to the cook. He writes, when you prepare food, never view the ingredients from some commonly held perspective, nor think about them only with your emotions. Maintain an attitude that tries to build great temples from ordinary greens, that expounds the Buddha Dharma through the most trivial activity. When making a soup with ordinary greens, Do not be carried away by feelings of dislike towards them, nor regard them lightly. Neither jump for joy simply because you have been given ingredients of superior quality to make a special dish. Your attitude towards things should not be contingent upon their quality. And further on in the text he writes, These things are truly just a matter of course, yet we remain unclear about them because our minds go racing about like horses running wild in the fields, while our emotions remain unmanageable like monkeys swinging in trees. If only we could step back to carefully reflect back on the horse and monkey our lives would naturally become one with our work. Doing so is the means whereby we turn things, even while simultaneously we are being turned by them. It is vital that we clarify and harmonize our lives with our work and not lose sight of either the absolute or the practical. And Dogen communicates clearly that when we simply attend to all the ingredients in our lives with the proper attitude, generous, respectful, without preferences, by paying attention, with awareness, this is caring for ourselves and caring for others, being present, doing our best with whatever comes up is how we grow up, make friends, open ourselves to appreciating and enjoying our lives. So I think that tending to our lives in the practice place of ordinary activity, an ordinary mind is how we grow ourselves into ourselves more fully so what is everybody's light darkness is illumination faith in the darkness faith in the buddha faith in the dharma and faith in the sangha, and I wanted to end with um, the poem um, that has been on the our uh, our thread, our village sender thread that Shuka wrote, which is be- very beautiful, and I think um, says it all. So her poem was based on song of the fall spider spider or actually her poem is called song of the fall spider and basho's poem is spider if you had a voice what would you sing swing in the fall wind and shuka writes the fall wind presaging winter an ending traditionally old age and death so the fall wind blows me closer and closer to that dark cold time but not yet as the spider sways in its web and is not blown away the web she has spun out of herself her transparent shield open enough that the wind goes lightly through rather than crashing against it. So have I spun a fine web of friendships and skills and wonder and all that sustains me now. And here in the snug web, I sing. I sing the funny-faced toddler in short pants and jaunty beret. I sing the swimmer diving into the wave. I sing the great trees golden in the late day sun. I sing the pulsing within my chest. I sing a kind of joy in being I didn't know I had. Thank you.